Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Jean Ginsberg here. Very excited to have a very special guest, Joe Applebaum. And I want to be sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, right? Applebaum? Yeah, you got it right. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Let me get a cool. round of applause I, for that. Yes, uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> a round of applause for me. Um, very excited. I've known Joe for, I don't know, a few years. And I think we met just off of LinkedIn, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I was like, how did we meet initially? Or maybe we met through YEC? Yeah, maybe the Facebook, YEC Facebook, which turned into LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I see your posts all the time. And I engage with your posts. And this is pretty exciting to have you on the podcast. So first question is, just tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. So I grew up watching my mother uh, try to build a successful business. And like most business owners, I know you, you know this, 96% of businesses don't even get to the million dollar mark. And she, you know, she tried for 10 years and eventually she went out of business after 9-11. And she always said she, it was because she was unlucky. And she, and, but I thought something was missing. So when I started Ajax Union, our digital marketing agency, we were fortunate enough to be on the Inc. 500. And looking back, I just wondered, okay, so what did I do? How come I was able to do this within three years of my business? I was able to get on the top of the, one of the fastest growing companies in America. And she tried for 10 years and couldn't, she just couldn't do it. She's a hard worker. She has faith. She's, uh, she loved her business. So she loved what she was doing every single day. She wouldn't work 16 hours a day if she didn't love it. And so I, I just always felt bad because she was my inspiration. And I, and I just wanted to like, you know, sometimes you want to solve your childhood wounds <laughs> and my, watching my mother suffer as a female entrepreneur without resources and the Jewish community, it kind of like struck something within me very, very deep. And it made me just want to be successful and then want to teach that to other people and say, Hey, look, ma, this is how you do it. Um, what I realized is that you need the right mindset. You need the right strategy. You need the right, relationships for sure. Um, those are three major things. But what's behind all that is your belief system. The, the belief that you can trust other people, the belief that you, that you change, you know, there's a famous saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, my mother didn't really want a website. I offered to make her a website so many times or eBay or anything like that. She was like, no, 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 no. Let's just wait for people to come in the store. Let's, you know, give some charity, buy a lotto ticket, you know, like things like that. So, for me, watching her, that was, that was a big inspiration for me to like have that hunger. And when I was ready to build a million dollar business, found the right partner, picked the right thing, a lot of trial and error, a lot of failing in the first year. But eventually we figured out one product uh, that worked for one demographic with one partner. We went at it like crazy and we were fortunate enough to grow the business significantly. That's, that's actually so interesting that you talk about, like you said that your mother felt like she was unlucky and that's why her business failed. And I, I've seen that in entrepreneurs or just in people in general. Like if you feel like you're unlucky, then you're probably, that's like your, your own trend, like you're, you kind of create what you believe, right? You create your own reality. I think that's so true. So I'm just curious, like, is that, is that like your, 
did your mom just feel like she was unlucky and that was part of the mindset that she had as part of her business? Do you feel like it affected her business? I, I feel like it was an excuse more than affecting her business. So I believe that the opposite of luck is strategy. Because if you feel like it's all luck, then there's no strategy. My daughter sometimes say, Monopoly is all luck. I said, you can roll the dice and there's an element of luck, of course, because if you keep landing on the wrong pieces and you never get the opportunity to buy the properties, there's an element of luck, but there's a lot of strategy in it as well. You have to know which properties to invest in. You have to know where to go to hotel if you have the cash. You have to manage your cash. You have to be smart and also negotiate with the other players to figure out what you can trade with them if that's allowed in, your, in, in the rules. So you got to figure out strategy, but if you just believe it's all luck and you go in blindly, are you going to actually create a strategy? Probably not. Yeah, that's very interesting because I just kind of see that people creating that reality for themselves. And I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's all about strategy because if you, and an interesting point where you mentioned about your mom who's like, well, I don't know about the website. I'm not sure if I want that or I don't want the change. And so, yeah, part of a big, big, as we saw now during COVID, like you have to pivot your business, right? If things yeah. aren't working, you got to pivot. The new normal is so, the new term, right? You know, pivot, new normal. We have all these new words that we're using. <laughs> like every, every other word, we're using these words. But the reality is that you either evolve, you either grow, or you're dying. You're either growing in business or you're, or you're dying in business. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we have to evolve as human beings. It used to be that people would be okay not having social media. But what happens when the trade shows are no longer open? What happens when you're no longer able to go to networking events? Now, you know, people used to say, I don't do Zoom. Now court cases are on Skype or Zoom or whatever it is. Everyone does Zoom. Just like before email, people were like, I don't do email. Everyone does email. And now social media is not even optional anymore. You have to be on there because if you're not on there, how are you going to network? How are you going to build relationships when the pandemic is not just in the U.S.? People are like, oh, it's just the U.S. No, this is a global phenomenon. This is forever changed the way that people buy things, the way that people view homes, real estate brokers that are our clients. They don't show homes anymore in person. They do virtual walkthroughs because some states don't allow real estate brokers to show homes because of COVID. So this has become the standard now. And if you don't change, you will not be around. You will become like a dinosaur and will be obsolete. So you have to have that. But there's one belief that I think stopped her the most, more than just strategy and luck and more than just you know versatility, I think the word trust. And a lot of people don't understand this word trust, Gene. So I wanna just take a moment just to explain what trust is. Some people think that trust is a guarantee. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about this word trust. What is trust? Trust means that there's a level of risk that you're willing to take. Trust means that I trust you and I know that you can screw me, but I trust you enough because if, I, if there was a guarantee, then I wouldn't need trust, right? You need trust when there's no guarantee and there's an element of failure. And so if there's, there's a famous saying, there's no risk, there's no reward, you have to learn to not just trust other people because I remember she never wanted to hire salespeople. She was afraid that if she hired a salesperson, they would take over the business and kick her out or they would open a competitive business across the street. So I, the first thing I did before I paid myself a salary is I hired a sales rep <laughs> because I knew that I had to just get somebody all day just to be on the phone with people to just, you know, drum up business. And I wasn't afraid that somebody would take my business. And I said, if somebody's better than me, let them have my business. If somebody else is willing to be the entrepreneur, great, buy it off me. That's fine. We can make a deal. We can make, figure it out. But it turns out after having hundreds of employees throughout the past decade, 99% of them don't want to be business owners. And and even with the ones that do are not going to be successful if they don't 
keep growing internally. And so trusting other people, but also trusting the government, trusting competitors, trusting the people in your circle to be able to have your best interests in mind. And most importantly, self-confidence, which is also trust in your own instincts, in your own self, in your own decisions. And a lot of people don't trust themselves. They don't trust their self-efficacy. There's a book called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. And this guy, Nathaniel Brandon, breaks down what self-esteem is. And for me, trust is like such a big thing. It's such a big deal. A lot of people don't understand it. So if you can build your self-confidence, other people will confide in you because you trust yourself. You have to believe in your own product and you are your own product. So I want people to kind of realize that there are three major self-limiting beliefs, the one around luck versus strategy, the one around trust, that you have to actually trust other people and trust yourself. And then finally, versatility. They say, if you ain't broke, don't fix it. Most people are broke. So time to fix it, time to change it. <laughs> that's, those are amazing points because that's so true. And one of the things that I feel like my business changed dramatically when I started believing in myself. And of course, you know, I trust other people and I trust um, my, you know, my staff and I trust my clients and everything, but it was really the, the mindset shift was for me. Like I started trusting myself. I started believing in myself that yes, I am capable of running this business. Like, and it was no longer like before it was like one foot in one foot out. Like I was like, well, if things don't work out, I can always go back to corporate Plan America B. or something, you know? Yeah. But once I was like, that's it. It's a hundred percent in. I'm, there's no one foot out. It's both feet are in. I trust myself. I believe in myself. I, I have confidence. Like that was the, I, I, to me, I feel like that's where the success started coming in. I was like, it, it was like a mindset shift. A heard, mindset shift. And that was amazing. Yeah. I heard Arnold Schwarzenegger say that one of the keys, he has six keys to success. One of his keys to success is don't have a plan B. Get rid of your plan B. Because if you have a plan B, you're never going to go all in on what you're yep. doing. So get rid of your sure. plan B. Just you have one plan, you do or you die. And that's it. And you can, you can imagine the way he said it with his beautiful accent. It's just so like, so ruthless. <laughs> you have to just no plan B. Plan A is the only one you have. There's no option. You have to succeed. You have to succeed like you breathe. Just go and do it and, and succeed. And that's, that's what I said earlier about focus. You know, one partner, one, I used to have seven side hustles and a full-time job. It was no way that I'd be able to build a million dollar business as one of the side hustles. But when I got rid of the full-time job, I got rid of the seven side hustles. When I, once I saw one of the side hustles started sparking up, I went over to the CEO of the company I was working for. I was a CMO. I was managing 200 people. And I said, listen, you know, Ajax Union's taking off. What, like, what should I do? My partner tells me that I should quit the job and start working full-time. And the CMO gave me a big hug. He was my mentor. And he's like, listen, you're ready. You're ready. You helped grow this company from 3 million to 40 million. I want you to be your own successful CEO. Let me be your biggest client. Go do your own thing and just keep working with us, but as an agency. And I, it was no brainer. I did that. But when I went into the business, my partner was like, you got to get rid of the other side hustles. Because I, I, I was generating so much money building sukkahs, you know, building like shacks for people during the Jewish holidays. And I was, you know, doing- Right around this time, right? Yeah, I, I was, I was doing so many things. Now? Where focus goes, energy flows. We all know this. Where focus goes, energy flows. And when you're all in on something, even if you're wrong, 49% of the time, all you need to do is be right 51% and you'll succeed. You only need to succeed once. You can fail many times. But if you succeed once, your life will be changed because now you believe in yourself. Now you know you can do it. It's just about having the right plan, trusting other people, and going for it keep changing, evolving, growing, learning from your failures, realize that they're just steps to success. And that's for me, that helped me so much. You know, it's an, another very good point that you make about if you are 
succeeding, you know, you're going to see that. But one of the things that I've also learned is that taking massive action is another big piece of success. Even if you don't have a strategy, even if you're not doing everything correctly, but if you're moving forward, you're taking action, you will see the mistakes and you'll make those, and you'll make those adjustments based on the mistakes. But that's the one thing that I see with entrepreneurs, like they're just, they don't want to take the action. They don't want to move forward. And that's the thing where a lot of the success doesn't happen. Yeah, people don't want to be wrong. They have paralysis analysis because they're afraid yeah. of failure. And a lot of that's tied to ego. I know Gary Vaynerchuk was on yeah. your show recently, and he speaks a lot about cloud and dirt. You know, have the clouds, but get in the dirt. Just start doing, start taking action. And when you start taking action, massive action, like Tony Robbins talks about taking massive action, when you just start taking massive action, things start happening. Now, of course, you got to apply strategy to it because energy without strategy is a waste of time. But in the beginning, getting to the first million, it's all about just taking massive, massive action. Absolutely. That's so true. And another point that you made earlier um, about your business and just businesses in general and how your mom's business was interesting when you said, hey, you know, she didn't want to hire any salespeople because she was afraid that somebody was going to take over. And that is so true. I see this with entrepreneurs so much where they're like, oh, well, I don't want to talk about my secrets. I don't want to talk about the secret sauce. Like, I don't want to talk about that in content. Like, somebody's going to steal my ideas. I'm like, no, yes, but no one's going to execute on those ideas. <laughs> it is so true. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Ideas are worth the paper they're written on. And if you give somebody an idea and they can turn it into a million dollar business, they deserved it. Any idea anybody ever had is not an idea that they came up with. It was an iteration of multiple, the most creative ideas are iterations of multiple ideas brought together. You have Uber, Uber or, or Airbnb is not necessarily a new idea, but it's an idea of lumping things together and making them work. That's the key. So if you're afraid of telling your ideas to other people, it's probably because you are insecure that you're going to be able to make them happen to begin with. And you may not want somebody else to succeed with this idea. At the end of the day, have a partner. If you find, if you find an idea that you really think will work, find a partner that's willing to partner and execute with you to make it happen. But not telling people your ideas um, will not even help you validify whether that idea is a good idea or not. Yeah, that's, even that's a work. so true. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, um, something about partners. So have you had partners in your business? Yeah, when uh, I started, your current business? when I started, I needed a partner to help me focus um, at Ajax Union and really be able to have the business take off. And I, I just wanted a best friend. I, I, all the other businesses that I kind of just was doing things on my own on the side, it was very lonely. And having a, a best friend, you know, he was my best friend. He was like the person that I often fell, on, fell, to, fell asleep on the phone with. Like we would just be talking and talking and talking and we went to breakfast, lunch and supper together often. And we would just like, we were just like together in it, in the dirt. And it, for me, it's so much, more, so much more beneficial and so much more fun to do it with somebody that you really trust, that you really care about. And you're both in it together with everything that you have. Um, for me, I, I was able to give so much more to it. And he was able to pick up the weight where I fail, where I wasn't able to, you know, where I lacked my slack. You know, he was, he was classier and more professional. I was more technical and more fast. And like, so there were different things that we kind of like pulled our weight uh, with each other. But eventually, you know, every partnership has a beginning, a middle and an end. Um, and so, you know, at the end of it, he, they were, you have the seven year itch. Every entrepreneur has a seven year itch and you either reinvent yourself and you keep growing. At that point, he really wanted to help people in the rehab world. Um, 
And he went off and started a rehab center in South Carolina. He's doing really well with it. Um, and, you know, we, we parted ways and it was really, really great. Um, but, you know, and I'm still friends with him. He just invited me to his third daughter's wedding. It's very, very beautiful. So for me, every partner that I've ever had, and I've had other partners with small ventures before, I make sure not to burn the bridges. They don't always work out. Sometimes they work out well. Sometimes they don't work out so well. But you kind of just like say, okay, it didn't work out so well. Let's figure out an amicable way to end this and then just move forward to the next venture together. And I think I have a good relationship with everybody I ever did business with. This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Marketing Method Monthly Group Coaching Program, your methodology for growing your business and your social media following. Join me and my group of supportive entrepreneurs and learn how you can grow your business and your social media following, where we cover topics such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, and so much more. Go to dmgroup.online, dmgroup.online. That's great. Yeah, I uh, always never had any partners up until about a year ago. And in my main business, I don't have a partner, it's just me. And then I started a couple of new businesses in the last year. And I have to say, you know, I don't know if I would take on a partner. I know you, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of positivity in taking on a partner, but at the same time, I don't know if my experiences were that great. I mean, it wasn't like I burned any bridges, but I just felt like it wasn't like, I am a very fast executor and I want to like my business to be like this. And I think it was frustrating not knowing that like things could be moving forward, but they're not. And I think that was like, Something that tripped me up quite a bit. It also depends where you are. It also depends where you are, right? So before Ajax Union, I didn't have the confidence to build a multi-million dollar business on my own. I didn't never did it before. I didn't know that I can do it. I knew that I wanted to do it, but I didn't know. And he has done it before. He built a six hundred million dollar company. Like so, he did. He did really, really well in his life. So I kind of relied on him to kind of guide me. What I learned was that there were a lot of things that we both had to learn <laughs> about culture and about an agency business and about everything. So we were both learning, but different things. Um, and so at the end of the day, is it depends where you are. You're in a place where you're already on the Inc. 500. You're already very successful. You already know what needs to be done. So in your case, it might not be as beneficial you know, from, from where you are and from what you want to do. But there's also something to say about having somebody else in the trenches with you and some other, you know, businesses and, and also your relationship with them as well. And also what are your roles? Like if you know that their role is sales and marketing and your role is operation, you can execute as fast as possible without their consent in your own little bubble and they can do the same. Of course there's perimeters and there are rules that you all adhere to, but you can change those rules by meeting and talking about it and having a productive conversation. And of course having a really great operating agreement, is very, very important. Even if you're a minority partner, there's a, a lawyer who was a student of ours, Neil Greenbaum, he just put out a video on LinkedIn. He said, even if you're a minority owner, let's say you own 20%, you might be afraid that the other owners might be able to make decisions without you. Well, he's like, you can put that into your operating agreement that they can't make decisions without you. Or they, you could decide what decisions they could make and what decisions they can't make without you. And so, and with an exit strategy there, they always have the option to buy you out. So there's there's a lot of very powerful things you can do and have a stake in a company where the other people are super, super motivated to grow the company and bring everything they have behind it. Yeah, that's true. I think it's also just the, the not the relations, but where these entrepreneurs were in their entrepreneurial journey. And I probably would probably needed someone more like your partner who already built a $600 million company and was like way ahead of me. 
and could probably teach me a lot of stuff. I think I probably need someone more like yeah. that is a yeah, and I, partner. And, and building Ajax Union, I learned so much from Zevi, from my from my partner. Like he was my best friend. He was my mentor. I I was like I had so much. Um, so much respect for him every single day, like who he was as a human being and who he is till today as a human being, so much respect for him. But when he left, they decided to kind of pivot the company and become a B2B digital marketing agency because we had serviced over 1,100 clients. But now we're, I, I realize, you know what? What I want to do is I want to work with fewer customers. I want to build marketing funnels. I want to build sales automation systems for companies. And we also established another company where I do have a partner in um, Evergreen. It's a training business that has online courses and we do coaching for people that want to generate leads on LinkedIn. So, you know, now that Ajax Union has taken off and it's kind of like running really well, I have the opportunity to now open up other things and, and start other, other ventures that can be very, very successful. So, you know, in terms of Ajax Union, we used to work with everybody and anybody when we started the business. Um, but now we're very focused on business to business companies that are over 10 million in annual sales that have a sales team, a marketing director. And at Evergreen, we're very focused on coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs that want to learn how to do it themselves with the right frameworks, cheat sheets, and templates, and the right coaching. We kind of support them to help generate leads and get exposure. So those, that's the difference that's, between the two great. businesses. Yeah. Yeah, I actually set up the exact same thing for my business a couple of years ago. I've had my agency for eight years now. And then a couple of years ago, I decided, you know, you have the agency, which is more for like done for you services, you know, companies that have at least $5 million in revenue. And then you have more of the up and coming entrepreneurs who are like, Hey, I really need digital marketing and social media, but I can't afford to have an agency. So I'm going to do a DIY approach. So it's been working really at well for us as well. So it sounds like we have a very similar business model. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, like, um, yeah. So in terms of ahead. like, in terms of things that we, we have seen that work really, really well, um, for us, you know, I, I know you know this, but like most people that come to websites are not ready to buy. So in terms of like right. business to business companies, so most people that come to your website are not ready to buy. So we had a, a company that was getting pretty decent traffic to their website from search engine optimization and from other tactics, social media. They even have a big email list, but they weren't getting enough conversions. And so what we did was we set up a marketing funnel. We said, don't spend any more money on advertising. Don't work harder on your SEO. Let's just focus your efforts now on taking the traffic that you have and building an automation system with a lead magnet, top of the funnel lead magnet, which means education-based marketing. So educating your customers based on their current problem that they have, capturing their contact information, and then creating a series of email automations to kind of nurture them and warm them up and take them through a journey. And they implemented that and they literally doubled their qualified leads within 90 days. Like insane. Like they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe there were so many people. And they're like, what was the problem, Joe? Why weren't these people reaching out to us? I said, because they weren't ready to buy yet. And you have to nurture, just like you nurture an egg. You have a hen, sits on the egg, warms it up for a certain period of time, then it hatches. Your customers are like eggs. They need to be nurtured. They need to be warm. They need to be taken care of. And most people are just basically saying, hatch, hatch now, buy now. But the, the egg needs to be sat on, sit on the egg, create an email automation system. Like, but people are, again, they're trying to get lucky. They're trying to get the low hanging fruit. They're not building a strategy. Energy without strategy is a waste of time. So 
this is, you know, one, a big win that we had, like with Evergreen, for example, we teach people how to use LinkedIn, right? So a big win over there, somebody's posting content. They have 10,000 followers on LinkedIn. They're posting content, posting content, posting content twice a day, crickets, crickets. <laughs> nobody's liking, nobody's commenting, nothing's happening. So they come to us and they're like, what are we doing wrong? And we said, do you really have a relationship with any of the 10,000 followers? And they're like, no, we're talking at them. I said, let's try to talk with them. Instead of just posting information, we teach our students, there are six different types of posts. And this is how you build relationships. And this is how you mention people. And this is how you get to know who. And then he's like, oh my God, this is like next level stuff, but it's all obvious. It's like, oh my God, it's right there, but you need someone to kind of walk you through it, coach you, hold you accountable. Yeah. And now his posts get a hundred likes, 50 comments each post, and he's actually closing business from it. So this is powerful to show people when you just tweak your strategy, here's a famous saying, the right strategy will save you a decade. Let that sink in. That is, I love that saying. That is amazing. I think I might use that. Maybe I'll use that as one of the quotes for promoting this, uh, this podcast because I think that's fantastic. It's true. If you have a strategy, it could save you a lot, a lot of time. So I absolutely love that saying. Um, so I know we're about to wrap up with the episode. I have enjoyed very much talking to you about this and just, learning more about what you're doing, but also just, I love the ideas that you have and just some of the concepts and some of the, what's working, you know, I like that because I, I enjoy when people are in the trenches every day and they're like, yeah, this is actually working now, so try that. And I'm sure our audiences would love that. Uh, the last question I have for you is, what is your prediction for the industry? And that could be anything. That could be your industry specifically, like social media and LinkedIn marketing, or it could be like, self-driving cars or going to Mars? Like, what do you think is going to be happening over the next, I don't know, five, 10, 20 years? <laughs> I think there's, there's going to be a lot more automation. A lot of the stuff that we do right now is going to be automated. So the more, more people are going to have to stop just doing random tactics and focus more on strategy. Kind of like the knowledge, wor the world is becoming more like knowledge worker based, you know, doing the railroad stuff and just hacking away at SEO is, is not something that's so beneficial, um, micro community. So instead of just sending a list out to like a thousand or 10,000 or a hundred thousand, you're going to send micro buckets, 30, 50 people. So you're going to build small mini communities that are very niche and people are going to become more relationship based as opposed to kind of cold calling and transactional. A lot of the fax marketing stuff that people, the mass marketing is going to die just like the cold call is almost dead. It still works in certain industries. Um, but it's almost dying. It's on its last leg. Um, Permission-based marketing and inbound marketing is going to be a lot more based on micro communities. Um, and I think just, just like podcasting came back, a lot of the old stuff that we were doing before um, is going to come back. Email is going to come back with email marketing or cold email marketing is going to come back with a vengeance and it's already coming back. But in, in the world of niche with automation, but very micro, very niche, um, you're going to see more people leveraging artificial intelligence, leveraging big data to be able to really customize something so that when I send you something, Gene, it's extremely high value, whether it's through the DM, whether it's through email, whether it's even through a phone call or you coming to an event, it's going to feel like this is the perfect fit for Gene based on everything I know about you. It's because at the end of the day, we need to become better at saving people time and solving people's problems. And the way to do that better is to get to know people better. The whole concept of what spam is, it's not relevant. It's a time waster. 
And so when you, if you can eliminate spam more, if you can eliminate things that are not relevant more, everybody wins. The provider wins because they're solving a problem. And the person who's getting solicited wins because they need to get solicited. Sales has to happen in order for the world to go around. The thing is, are you doing it in a way that is empowering and is productive, which benefits everybody? Or are you doing it in a sleazy, you know, just throw stuff at the wall, you know, you know, random acts of, of sales, random acts of marketing way, it's not going to work. So the future is about being laser targeted, being more strategic, and that's going to help you grow your business and be more effective and help everybody make this world a better place. Yeah. So personalization, that, that seems like that's definitely what you're talking about and what I'm also envisioning for the future. Yeah. Very small buckets of very personalized content for a very small number of people. So that's, I totally agree with that. I think things are going to be much more automated in the near future, even in the near future, I think, not even like, you know, 10 years from now, I'm thinking in the next few years. Um, I was actually talking to someone who is in the tech and marketing space, and he was saying like a lot of the things that we do now for our like sales funnels and our, you know, Facebook ads and just all of the things that we do manually now is going to be much more automated. Like there's going to be a machine or an AI thing that's going to like write our marketing copy for us. And we're not going to even need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like all of that will be then what do you do then? an AI machine. Then what do you do then? What do you then do then? What you, do you, is you work in the strategy. Yeah, you work on the strategy to optimize that, or you basically just go on vacation and you work on the universe, you get the universal paycheck that everyone's getting from the benefit of AI. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's still going to be a need for people like us who deal with the strategy. And that's what we yeah. talked about the whole time. The theme through this whole conversation has been strategy, right? Like if you have the right strategy, then you're golden. And so I think, yeah, maybe we're not going to need to be doing like managing our Facebook ads on a, on a daily basis, but we're going to need people like us to still continue with creating strategy. And so, think about it this way. The foundational strategy of marketing is something that still exists from day one. What is your goal? Who is your target? What is your message? That's never going to yep. change. The tools of how you do it, all that changes, but the foundation is always going to be the same. So, and most people don't get that. My mother didn't get that, unfortunately. I got that not as much as I get it now, so I'm much more profitable now. Um, but most people don't get that. So you were always going to need those teachers, those servant leaders like me and you to go out, teach and implement strategy. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. And it's so interesting that you said those three things, goals, who, who is your target market and messaging? Because I actually have a worksheet with those three specific points that I do with every single client that I onboard because everybody wants to start doing digital marketing day one. And I'm like, how can I do marketing for you if I don't know what, who you're out. targeting or what your messaging yeah. is? And so I actually have that worksheet and I have three parts, the strategic planning for goals, what's your big picture, where do you see yourself, where do you see your business, who are you targeting? So specific things like source of information, what are their goals, what are their values, and then the marketing messaging. So what's your value proposition? You know, what is it you're trying to say to your audience? And so absolutely, those are three pillars, as I call them, of, of creating your marketing or anything that you do, any business. Out any there. business, any, but we teach that, any we teach business. that inside our LinkedIn course. We teach that like, it, that's the foundation of even your own personal brand. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, this has been such an amazing conversation. I'm so glad that you have decided to come on our podcast. I know we've spoken before and we've done, I've done, I think a little bit of, um, on your Facebook, on your LinkedIn live one. So yeah. I'm, I'm very yeah. honored to be on there as well. So last question is how can, Everybody get in touch with you. Um, what's the best way? 
Yeah. So if you check out my LinkedIn, I have a lot of resources on my LinkedIn. So just go to joelinkedin.com. I set up a URL that goes directly to my LinkedIn profile because you might not know how to spell my last name. My name is Joe Applebaum. But if you go to Joe LinkedIn, J-O-E LinkedIn.com and you click on my about section, you're going to see information about our upcoming webinar. Um, for LinkedIn training, you're going to see information about Ajax Union. I even wrote an extended article, which basically has everything about me, you know, how you can hire me as a speaker or anything else. Um, and about my books and everything that you need to know about me. So definitely go to joelinkedin.com and check out my profile. And if you do connect with me, please mention um, this podcast, mention Gene and this podcast. So this way I accept your connection because I do have over a thousand people that are waiting to connect with me on LinkedIn. And I try to allow people that are more customized and are not trying to sell something to kind of join my network and build relationships with. So uh, make sure to leave a note when you're sending me a connection request. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here and we'll see you next time.